Hi and welcome to The Crime Pod. I'm Sam. And I'm Caitlin. This episode is a recommendation from Jason and also at the end Caitlin will be giving us some updates on a couple of previous episodes. This is the murder of Emma Fall. have you heard of this one? I have I don't know a lot of information about it but I have heard of it but yeah I'm I'm excited to actually learn more because I don't actually know a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's very recent i.e. 2019. Well that's what I was thinking I didn't know if there was actually that much information on it so Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to see what you've gathered. Perfect great I'll begin. So on the 28th of April 2019 39-year-old Emma Folds headed to her friend's Ross Willock's house in Fairfield Park, Moncton, which is in Ayrshire. And she just went there to have drinks together and, you know, a little bit of a party and also to visit Ross's dog that he had recently got. Now, Ross was 42 years old and they had been friends for around 18 years as they both used to work in Kilmarnock Prison together. This was nothing out of the ordinary for Emma, she was a well-loved person and she always kept in touch with her family and her friends. And, you know, her and Ross, they were really good pals. Yeah. So it, it wasn't, you know, they'd always go for a drink yeah, together. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question? Mm-hmm. How old is she? 39. Okay, I wasn't sure if you said that and I maybe just missed it. You did. It was probably one of my sorry. fifth words. So sorry, listen. sorry. I was just like thinking she was our age and then you're like, her friend's like 40 odd, and I was like, hmm. But okay, right, sorry. My bad. <laughs> no. Sorry. She's 39 and Ross is 42. Now, two days later, so we, if you had heard, Caitlin, I'm not sure, this is the 28th of April, yeah, 2019. Let's just start again. <laughs> yeah, but on two days later, on the 30th of April, 2019, Emma's mum, Margaret, who was down visiting family in Brighton at the time, she received a call from Emma's employers at the Kibble Education Centre, which is in Paisley. And they were saying that she had not turned up for work. Now, this was very out of the blue um, for Emma and alarm bells started to ring because she was in touch with her family practically every day and it wasn't like her to not go into work or at least if she wasn't going into work, she would let them know. Now, the police were called, obviously, and later that day, they forced their way into Emma's home in Kilmarnock only to find her Westie dog, who was named Maverick, alone. Now, again, this was also unusual as Emma adored Maverick and she wouldn't just disappear and leave him behind. Emma was uncontactable and she was missing. Therefore, it didn't take long for a huge nationwide appeal to be launched in the hopes of finding her. Her younger sister, Miriam, even flew back from her nursing job in Abu Dhabi to help out. Now, skip forward a few days to the 6th of May 2019. Emma had still not been found. There were no traces of her and that is when police detectives announced that they had fears that Emma had come to some harm. As the last person to see her alive, Ross Willocks became the immediate focus of the investigation, codenamed Operation Solzen. Now, I don't know where they got the word Solzen from. It maybe means something. I love operation names. Yeah, they don't make any sense. No, I wonder where they kind of come up with them. And this is definitely one of them that I'm like, I don't have anything. And also, was he looked at as a suspect or was it just as like a person of interest or 
You maybe don't know him if that's him. But just now it's a person of interest. Okay. Because it was he was the last person. So really, he was a suspect in a way because, you know... Without them saying he was a suspect because they've got nothing on him. So they're like, oh, we're just interested. Exactly. However, funny you say that because only four days later, on the 10th of May, Ross Willocks appeared in court and was charged <laughs> with Emma's murder, even though <laughs> there was nobody found at that time. So only four days later, he was charged. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, obviously, you're a bit shocked and there isn't really any evidence to point the finger at Ross. However, one very strange thing was that he didn't even help in any of the searches to try and find Emma. He didn't even put up and hand out posters. He did nothing like that. Now, after being friends with someone for so long, and the fact that you were probably the last person to see them alive, you would definitely help search for them or even pretend to help. But he didn't. So that that points the finger his way when it kind of comes to murder yeah, that or really doesn't you know look something. Great. Exactly. Like, you think, like, you hear about the amount of stories that we've done or, like, famous cases, like, even, like, Tia Sharp, etc. You find that the person that's, like, involved is the killer a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, because they try and cover up etc but I like help him so that's why it's like exactly. I don't know if he generally couldn't be bothered or like if he thought that would make him look like I think it makes you look more guilty not helping do you know absolutely I totally agree and one crucial piece of evidence at the very beginning so we're still in May that pointed to Ross having actually done something or at least knowing something was down to Emma's BMW 1 series so Emma had driven to Rossi's the night of her disappearance and she messaged a friend at around about 8pm that, that night saying that she was going to stay over because she was having a few drinks. However, the next day Emma's car was back at her home but it was described by a friend that it was practically abandoned there which was very odd because Emma was extremely particular about parking the car right outside her home possibly where she could see it from the window, you know, something like that. Yeah, but there... you think the person that parked it didn't know where she parked. Yes. Now, there was also a witness that came forward and said that they had seen a man driving her car at about 7.25 the following morning and there wasn't a passenger with him. The last part to, you know, physically connect Ross to the car was that his DNA was discovered on one of the car levers and footage from private CCTV was captured showing Ross wiping down the interior of the car. Now, okay. you can understand if DNA was in it, because it, anybody's DNA can be in anyone's car if you're friends, but in the morning, very early after a drink and sesh, and he was wiping down the interior. Nobody does that who is innocent, in my opinion. Now, I'm going to skip forward six weeks to the 12th of June 2019. Emma's naked body was found in Glentrill Forest, east of Loch Moan in Dumfries and Galloway. Now the Galloway Forest is the largest forest in the UK and that spans about 297 square miles. It's huge, have you ever been in it? No, I'd love to go because it's one of, it's the darkest place in the UK and you can see the stars I believe. I've drove through it and we were going, we we're obviously going to like Dumfries and Galway, can we? And we drove through it and I was like, oh yeah, and I didn't realise how big it was. It's huge and you're driving for so, so long. 
Like, I actually couldn't believe how big it is. So, like, searching for a body there is, like, proper like, needle in a haystack vibes. Like, um, the equivalent to the moors, in a way, I would say. Kind of, but, like, also it's, it's like, a forest. So, like, the moors yeah. is, like, loads of, like, open land, whereas it's a forest and the trees are huge. So, like, yeah. even helicopters and stuff, I can imagine that being really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. Well... Yeah. She was found only six weeks. So, I'd like you said, this is a huge forest, but she was found six weeks after. Now, when her body was found as well, a pathologist was unable to confirm how she died due to the degree of decomposition. Now, I know I've just said it was six weeks, but it's because she was located in a wet area, which speeds up decomposition. But it was mentioned that she appeared to possibly have an injury on her neck. Now, how did the police manage to find Emma in such a vast area like you've just described within six weeks? So this was down to Operation Solzin. Experts began to plot Rossi's movements using CCTV and cell site analysis of his mobile phones early on in the search for Emma. So just a few days, that's hence why he was probably um, put into court like less than 10 days after she had disappeared. They also discovered that he used to build wind farms near the Galloway Forest. So this clearly means he knows the area. Now, Ross was also caught on camera making two journeys to the remote area in the days following Emma's disappearance. CCTV footage also discovered showing Ross going into various shops in air and buying bleach, rubber gloves, and tins of outdoor disinfectant. When will anybody learn to stop doing that? Exactly. Like, I now, feel like there's so many cases we've covered, it's like, and they were seen in a shop. Yeah, it's like, either just buy it in advance, or to be honest, well, knowing you, Caitlin. If you're going to be murdered, cleaner, be, if you're going to murder someone, be prepared. Have your yeah. first. Uh-huh. Well, always have bleach in your house anyway. Anyway, that's not the point. I um, a bottle, like, I'm not being funny, I don't think a wee bottle of bleach has got to do, though. That's true. Yeah, but you're quite a cleaner, as in... As a floor sure under the house. Yeah, you have loads of bleach, I, I could guess, like, in your house. Anyway, you have a conscience, so we're all safe here. Yeah, but, anyone, someone just give me a shout. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, to the story. Later in court, like I said, with the, with the bleach buy-in, Ross actually claimed it was for cleaning his outdoor decking. Which is even a worse excuse because I've never heard anyone of cleaning their decking with bleach. I don't no, know if that would affect actual, the wood. No, you get actual decking cleaner. I don't mm. have decking, but I know that. Yeah. <laughs> so his answers were awful when it came to saying why he bought all this stuff. Now, police then drafted in search experts from the UK National Crime Agency, as well as an officer who had expert knowledge of Galway Forest Park, in the hopes of locating Emma. So these are the proactive policemen that are on this case. By examining the cell site analysis from Rossi's phones and CCTV from the routes he took in the 48 hours after Emma vanished, digital forensic experts were able to narrow down the search area. The police even called in the help of Professor Lorna Dawson, CBE, who is a soil expert. She had previously been crucial in a number of high-profile court cases, including the world's end murderer, Gus <gasps> Sinclair. Go back to our roots. So, Professor Dawson 
analysed the soil from where Emma's body was found with soil that was found on a pair of Rossi's Timberland boots and found that there was a 92% match for mud at the spot where the body was recovered. Now, Professor Dawson had made these findings on the 11th of June and just 24 hours later, Emma's body was discovered. So she is good at what she does. Wow. Like, at first I was like, soil expert, like, what kind of random profession? But, like, they must obviously be very important. On the 25th of May, 2021, so a year later, at the High Court in Glasgow, Ross Willocks was convicted of the murder of Emma Folds and for attempting to defeat the ends of justice. The trial took around six weeks and the jury came to a guilty verdict. Ross was jailed for life, life imprisonment, and he was ordered to serve at least 20 years before he can apply for parole. Another thing that was mentioned to the jury during the trial that I've not already mentioned above, you know, like the bleach, etc. Ross had googled on one of his friend's iPads, can the police track your car? And they also searched the word blood. So again, this guy... Another again, why nothing. Doing exactly. Just because you do it on your pal's iPad does not mean the fingers are not going to point to you. But also, like, if you came to my house and were like, oh, do you mind if I quickly jump on your iPad? I'd be like, yeah, yeah. And then if you went away and it was like, recent search, it was blood. I'd be like, pardon me? Yeah, I'd be sending you a message. Like, what, are you doing like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Now, even with all of this evidence and facts, Ross pleaded not guilty and throughout remained that this was his statement. I believe even now to this day, while he's in prison, he still believes he's not guilty. Now, he had given various different series of events on what actually happened the night of Emma's murder, one being that they had both driven back to Emma's on the night of the 28th to keep the party going because she was a party girl and that was why her car was there and just abandoned. Then that would also mean that you were drink driving and it's just not, I don't believe that would have happened. I don't get why they're taking, like if it's just the two of them at his house, why they're going back to her house. To I mean, party. I feel, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's not really a strong enough reason for that. It'd be different if they were at a party and left to go to her house. But I feel like you're not going to leave one house that is just the two of you to go to another house where it's just the two of you. Exactly. Now, Ross also said that he, if he was ever seen in the forest, it would have been for walking his dogs. Um, he was also asked why he didn't help with the search for Emma and his response was that nobody had informed him that a search was happening so just a load of nonsense in my opinion like if your friend's missing nobody should have to tell you to search yeah you can just do one yourself and I'm sure if you like these things are all over Facebook etc like I'm sure you would have found out somewhere yeah and you may have seen a poster pop up or oh it's just an absolute rubbish coming from him now Also, I haven't done this in a while, so here's a few quotes from people, because I feel we've missed them. Samantha's judge quotes, how we have missed them. (laughs) No. (laughs) Judge Lord Mulholland said to Ross, Only you will know what happened in your house that night that led to you killing your friend. Having murdered her, you created an elaborate scheme to cover up your crime. He had said that Ross placed Emma's body in a shallow grave and covered it up and tried to ensure that it would decompose more quickly by placing it in a wet area, which is like I said earlier at the beginning. Lord Mulholland also added that you hoped it would never be found and her devoted family would have to spend the rest of their lives wondering where she was and if she was alive or dead. During all of these things that were said, 
it's also said that Ross didn't really show any remorse or, you know, it's not like he broke down or anything like that. Now, prosecutor Paul Kearney told the jury that Ross had made a determined attempt to create a false narrative to conceal and destroy evidence, which is true. But Donald Findlay QC, who was acting for Ross, said it would not be appropriate to express any contrition on behalf of his client who denies he was responsible. He is not the kind of person I would have expected to have found himself guilty of a crime of murder. Murder of somebody that he knew and cared for. They cared for each other, not in any romantic sense, but as friends. Something catastrophic went wrong in the early hours of the morning and one life was lost. So that's kind of like that last line from Donald Finlay is kind of saying, oh, something went wrong and yeah, we don't know what knows went about wrong. it. Yeah, of course. But it must be so difficult defending somebody like that. Exactly. Like, you can't tell me that guy thinks he's innocent. No. But it must be so difficult because your job is to literally just try and get off with it and you must be like, mm. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to. <laughs> but you have to. Now, I'll end it as well that Detective Inspector Peter Crombie described the killer as a selfish, arrogant monster and said he compounded the agony of Emma's loved ones by failing to admit his crime. Which is completely true. And that was the tragic murder of Emma Folds. Very recent and just crazy and it, just not another murder that wasn't needed. Not no. that murder's ever needed, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I was like, mm. um, what do you think? Why do you think it happened? I don't know. Possibly maybe they had a lot of drinking and there was a fight and maybe it was by accident. And then he just went too far. And what did you say? Did you say what her autopsy said? Um, it was undetermined because of the the fast decomposition and the state of her body. However, there's possible that there was a mark on her neck, but there was nothing really in the files to be like. Yeah, it was definitely. It was, yeah. Because it's like, that's a really interesting one because it could be so many things. So it could be that, like, you know, like drugs ended up involved and, you know, she could have, it could have been an accident and he's just panicked, which there's mm-hmm. absolutely no excuse for. Like, you know, if he supplied her drugs or something, it could also be like sexually motivated that he's yeah. like, tried to like take it past friendship and she's like, eh, no. And then he's been like, ah. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those ones that there's so many like different outcomes or you know stories on how it could have happened but he he won't say um and again obviously he still says he's he's innocent but everything in my opinion leads to him like there's no it's not one of those cases I think where it's like oh well maybe this is the wrong person maybe he didn't do it but it's like mm, hard to believe yeah it doesn't seem like it could be anybody else you know there hasn't been any other suspects whatsoever which you'd expect to like at least be like oh this person's a person of interest this person's a person of interest, whereas they've never had anybody else yeah exactly and it's it's just awful that hopefully one day you know sometimes criminals do say oh by the way actually i did do it and this is what happened but again they hold the power and we'll never know no absolutely it, I hope for like her family I don't know like would it do you think it would make like say if this was your family for example would that make you feel better I don't know I have no idea possibly or at least you know you would know what happened but again you're like oh do I want to know because it could be worse than what I'm thinking 
Yeah. And then it's like, does them admitting anything, like they're still in jail. It's not like they're, do you know what, if they admit it, they're probably going to get less time. Yeah, that's you know, true. Like that's the thing, it's actually, is it worth it for them to be like, yeah, it was me, because then they could actually be like, oh, okay, do you know what, thanks for kind of helping out, but it's take off 10 years. Yeah. Do you know, kind of vibe. So it's like, actually, is it better just... To never know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a tricky one. Tricky, tricky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if you've not wanting any more, I can't, I don't have any other information to give you, even if you do have questions. So, um, do you want to give us some updates? Because I'm quite excited to hear them. Yes, of course. Yeah, no, I think that's when it's tricky about like new cases is like, you know, a lot of the cases we do are quite old. So loads of stuff have come out about it. But especially in a case like only like two years old or something, there's it's really difficult finding stuff out. But yeah, if we've missed anything, let us know. Okay, yes, yeah, some updates. So... I feel like I always have updates. There's like a lot going on with a few of our cases. There's not any updates on Sheku Bio actually, which is quite surprising. Mm. Um, but I have two updates. I have one of Alistair Wilson, if I can start on that one. So Alistair Wilson, I think I've spoken about quite a few times because um, there was an update la- two weeks ago, maybe? A month ago? Yeah, maybe? two, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's the man that was murdered on his doorstep in Nairn. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you should go listen to the episode. Um, but basically, the last update I gave you was that the police went over to Canada to interview, like, a really good, like, person of interest. I don't think it was, like, a suspect. I think it was, like, a witness kind of thing. So they weren't going over to interview someone that they thought was, like, involved as such. Um, and now they basically think that it was something to do with a planning dispute. So... If you remember the case, he lived opposite a pub in Nairn and apparently he had objected to like a large decking area outside the hotel slash pub opposite. Um, this went ahead though. I'm pretty sure there was a decking already built and he said that it was a cause of like noise and like litter problems in his area. So I think he'd been quite vocal in like why, like about this do you know, this decking being built and, like, kind of ruining this wee suburb that it was in. Um, so the detectives have basically come, said they'd come to this conclusion about this because they'd had so many far-fetched sessions. Like, remember when we did the episode, there were so many wild things that people were like, because there was just absolutely no reason for it at all that anybody knew. Um, but a lot of it as well, at the time, pointed to his work life. So remember, he worked for the bank. He was a business manager at the Bank of Scotland in Inverness. So I think that took a lot of the focus off the investigation. But the police are actually saying now they think it's to do with his personal life. So I know I've just kind of stumbled through that. So it was actually the Havelock Hotel and it was built, the decking was built in 2004 in the spring without any planning consent. And basically, Mr Wilson lodged this huge like objection to the Highland Council and a copy of this, like, objection letter was sent to the hotel on Friday and Alistair was shot on the Sunday. So, oh. I know it's just a bit wild. Like, when I was reading into it, I was like, you're not going to shoot someone over decking. But then you don't know what goes yeah. through. Like, just spoke about that in the last case. You don't know what goes through people's kind of head. Um, the detective inspector working on it um, basically had said that he knew Mr Wilson's identity was released to the pub at the time so it's not like it was like an anonymous person's complaint and they very much said it's Alistair Wilson that's put in this complaint 
And they also said that today we believe that is the most likely motive based on what current grievance in Alistair's life at the time of his murder was. And that's kind of, you know, that's what the police are believing it is. Who done it? I do not know. Like, I don't believe the landlord's gone across and shot somebody. But I also feel like, how was this missed? Do you know, this is my main thing. Like, the police are like, oh, obviously it has to be this. So how didn't you realise that years ago? Yeah. And also, why was the person's name given to the pub? Mm. That's a bit fishy. But, like you said, who knows? I, I'm under the, why would you shoot someone over Deccan? The Deccan's already there. But could be something that we don't know. He could have been in something that was bigger than everything. Exactly. Do you know, it's, I don't know. There's also, they've said that they saw two suspects, like someone's came forward and said they saw two suspects on the beach a month before the murder um, with a gun. And they said they described two men, one in their 20s, another between 40 and 60 on the town's like beach with a gun. Um, and again, this has only just kind of came out. So it's just about, I understand, as we said, like newer cases, it takes stuff to come out. But like, I don't understand how this planning dispute was just missed when that seems to be quite an important thing in his life at that time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just me. Anyway, so that's all there is that I have on Alistair. But I think a lot of people will know the one that I'm about to talk about because it's kind of been all over the news that I've saw, like radio, television, etc. And it's Linda Spence. So we did Linda Spence. Oh, that was ages ago as well. If you're like, who's Linda Spence? Go listen to the episode and come back. Um, so Linda Spence was basically a woman from Ayrshire and she was abducted and tortured and basically has never been found since April 2011. Two men have been charged with her murder again without a body though and they both got life in prison but basically authorities have confirmed that they were assessing a remote area of ground near Danoon and they have now concluded the assessment of the site and a specialist search team are now digging the plot for potential evidence so from what I've kind of read in it they believe that's where her remains could be buried because that's been like like it'll be the anniversary but soon so you're well anniversary's been sorry so that's like 11 years of no idea where she is so they found this area under noon which that seems quite far away from where it happened i have no idea where danoon is i i've heard obviously i've heard of it probably been but couldn't point it out on a map probably yeah no and i'm the same so it's one of those where i'm actually not sure how close it is but i feel like it's not they're not like neighbouring. It's not like Danoon's a 10 minute walk, do you know? So it's, I don't know. But then I suppose, do you know, you're not going to bury the evidence right next door, do you know? So that actually could make sense if they've like dumped her remains somewhere kind of far away. It's in um, Argyle and Butte. Okay. Where was, um, where was her place about? Ayrshire. That's not that far. But like how far? far enough <laughs> what do you mean far enough like how far like okay let me see. well it's... Oh my God. goodness me <laughs> do you mean it's not far what do you mean not far Ayrshire. Do... so it's in Ayrshire no it's oh it's about two and a half hours away right okay well, that's what I was thinking so I wouldn't I don't know about what anyone thinks is close but I, I personally wouldn't say that's close but maybe that's just me anyway <laughs> 
Back to the point in hand. Oh, no, it's not. I tell why. It's an hour and a half. Oh, that's minutes away. Um, <laughs> yes. No, you're fine. So, yeah, so there's chats of that's where she could be. So they're obviously looking into that. And I think the police had said, like, her family and stuff are being updated, like, as and when they have any new information. But I think by this point, like, I think the family are obviously aware that it is remains that they're looking for. I don't think they'll obviously have any hope left that it's going to be her. But still, you need her body. Do you know? Absolutely. So I think that'll be really good for family to get the body back and actually be able to put it to rest properly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all my updates. As I said, I don't think there's much more really in the news, etc. So when there is, I will keep you updated. But that is it for now, really. Perfect. And if anybody else has any updates as well, just message us on the crime pod underscore on Instagram and we can add that in too. Yep.